3: Let's now ride.
2: for the words that are recited before each and every game here at Dodger Stadium. Take it away, Finn. It's time for Dodger Baseball.
1: Support for the Incline is brought to you by... Manscaped, the best in men's below the waist grooming. April is here and you know what that means, baseball is back baby, so dust off your mitt and cleats this spring and be ready for first pitch. Just like the crew will be mowing their stadium grass, Manscaped products provide the best tools for your own personal grooming experience.
2: That's right Kevin, Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide. That's a lot of dudes. We have an exclusive offer for our listeners, though, 20% off plus free shipping using the promo code INCLINE20. Manscaped
1: even hooked us up with a bunch of tools from their Perfect Package 3.0 kit. Trust me, as someone who has sensitive skin, the Lawnmower 3.0 with their advanced skin-safe technology provides smooth precision and it's waterproof to make your shave clean and easy. So guys and ladies who are listening, get 20% off plus free shipping with INCLINE20 at Manscaped com that's 20 percent off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code incline20 so strike out your pubes with manscaped this season your balls will thank you what's going on everyone thank you for tuning in to another week of the incline it's been quite a week for the dodgers and we have a lot of highs and lows that we're going to discuss thankfully the dodgers are coming up a coming off a very commanding eight to nothing win over the Cincinnati Reds today. Clayton Kershaw was phenomenal. Uh, I'll touch more on that in a little bit. Jake Reiner, what are your takeaways from this past week? Are we in trouble? Well,
2: I haven't watched a game since they played last played the Padres at Petco park on April 18th. And I just turned on the game today and we killed the Reds. So I don't know what could have happened in between those two dates that we would, that would, be any cause for concern. Seriously, though, I don't think this is cause for concern. This is early on in the season. The Dodgers are dealing with a ton of injuries. But given all that, the past couple of days, the past couple of weeks have been brutal to watch. Just the Dodgers are not playing baseball soundly. They've started to offensively the last few games. They've scored at least five runs in four out of their last five games. So the offense is starting to pick up. But unfortunately, now that the offense has started to pick up, the bullpen has started to regress. And today they figured it out, but they should have been able to just destroy the Reds. They weren't able to do that. I will take, though, the happy flight win today going to Milwaukee. I will take that given everything that we've seen uh, recently.
1: Yeah, they lost three of four to the Padres. They lost two of three to the Reds. Now they're going to begin a four-game set against the Brewers. Then they go to Chicago. We'll talk about that briefly later. But David Rosenthal, what's on your mind right now?
4: Uh, How's it going, guys? I'm just glad the Dodgers got a win. That was some ugly baseball to watch before today. In terms of if, if I'm worried or not, no is the answer. It's still April. The Dodgers aren't healthy. They'll get going. The problem with the Dodgers right now is they're all slumping at the same time. Uh, This lineup is good enough to overcome one or two guys going through a slump. But right now, aside from Justin Turner, it's about everyone who's slumping. So that's why you're not seeing the results on the field. That's why you're seeing a lot of guys left on base. But I will take my hat off to the starting pitching, who for the most part has been excellent. So not too concerned, but today was definitely a much needed win.
1: The Dodgers are now 16 and nine, and my panic level on a scale of one to 10 is like a two. To me, April for the most part does not matter. Obviously, if they were to go like five and 20 or something, then I'd be concerned. But I'll give you some past records of their win totals in April. We're on pace, if not better, in 2019 they won 17 games in April. In 2018, when they made the World Series, they won 11 games in April. And in 2017, when they should have been World Series champions, they won 14 games in April. So we're at 16 right now. We still got a few games left with the Brewers. I'm sure we'll win at least one, if not two or more. So I think the Dodgers are in a good spot given what you guys mentioned. The injuries are just crippling this team. And what's really holding them together is just the phenomenal starting pitching. Uh, Obviously, the big thing that it's still probably fresh on everyone's mind and I don't really want to talk about it much, but the Padres, they made a statement and they came to Dodger stadium. They took three of the four games. So just to recap, I want each of you to just kind of highlight some things that just stood out over this new rivalry. What stood out to me overall is the fact that yes,
2: the Padres are a force to be reckoned with. However, they are not as good good as everyone thought they were going to be I think the Dodgers were in a position where they weren't playing particularly well and they allowed the Padres to beat them in a number of different ways whether that's surrendering that 7-1 lead we had the other night where Dustin May was shoving and the Dodgers bullpen wasn't able to hold it or the fact that you know, base runners are running all over the field on Dodgers pitchers and catchers. They lead the league in stolen bases against, which is not a good category to lead in. They're just, they just, you know, when you allow a talented team like the Padres back into games or give them them more opportunities than they should, be it with errors or walks or just mental mistakes, Um, Dave Roberts making a couple of questionable managerial decisions, pinch hitting wise, bullpen wise, when you factor all that in, you give the, you give the Padres an opportunity to win. They're going to do it nine times out of 10. And they took advantage of those Dodgers mistakes.
4: Yeah. Uh, I said this on Twitter, but that series for the Padres was, was kind of like their slumdog millionaire. Uh, everything went right for them and everything went wrong for the Dodgers. Uh, You know, obviously the Dodgers got that one win, but they, the wheels kind of fell off in, in pretty much the other three games. And like we've talked about before, everyone is slumping right now. Uh, In the last seven days, Mookie Betts is hitting 188, Corey Seager, 214, Justin, even Justin Turner, 217, Max Muncy's hitting 56, although he's walked basically every time he's gone up there. Uh, And then you got Will Smith, 286, Lux, 83, although he just came back. Um, So, you know, the Dodgers are going to be fine. Let the Padres celebrate. Uh, let their fans be loud online. The Dodgers are going to be just fine. This was a good, uh, you know, warm-up series. Uh, the Padres are very competitive. They're a very good team. Uh, specifically, you know, Darvish is, is a real threat uh, in terms of pitching-wise. I don't think Musgrove is all that. I don't think Snell is all that. You haven't seen him get out of the fifth inning. Uh, they, they wouldn't even throw Chris Paddock at us. And I like I like Ryan Weathers. They're, they're a solid team, no doubt. But in the end, the Dodgers are, are far better.
1: The crazy thing is that the finale, when the Dodgers blew a seven to one lead, they had like a ninety nine percent chance to win that game. The moment Chris Taylor hit the home run and rounded the bases, yeah, the bullpen collapse was just atrocious. Uh, One of the takeaways, I believe that was the game. David Price got hurt. He is now on the IL with a hamstring injury, grade two strain. He'll be out a few weeks. Um, But Dustin May was just awesome that game. And he's just been delivering all season. Yep, Got lost in the mix that he had a career high 10 strikeouts. He was the youngest pitcher since Clayton Kershaw at his age, 23 now, to have 10 strikeouts in a game. And the guy is just delivering all season long. So happy for him. One of the other cool things in this series was Fernando Tati's Jr. and the Trevor Bauer back and forth. It was all fun and games. And I love seeing that kind of stuff. It's just a friendly rivalry, but Tati's is killing us. He had five home runs in that series. He had two off Kershaw. He had two off Bauer. He has six total already this season. He's only two away from tying AJ Pollock who had eight against us in 2018 and I believe that was a single season record so there's still 12 games left and I don't know Todd junior is really impressing me right now I have to give credit
2: yeah and the unfortunate thing though for the Padres standpoint is that he's hitting all these solo shots so they don't they didn't really affect us that much I mean you know when you're talking about uh, the times that he came up with runners on base, he didn't really do much. He, he hit a lot of solo home runs and, and that doesn't really kill us as much. But one thing I, I did want to say about the seven to one game that was a little distressing was, is that the bullpen has to be able to hold a seven, one lead. And I'm, and I'm not talking about the guys that we bring in in high leverage, like Trinan or Gonzalez or even Jansen. I'm talking about like the Jimmy Nelsons and the David prices of the world um, the the mitch whites the the guy the the clevengers, the guys that that aren't the high leverage guys, they need to be effective at what they do and what and how we use them and so I know Kevin, you had some issues with with how Dave Roberts managed that game bullpen wise, but for me, it was sort of like, well, these guys should be able to do this. this is not like you know, uh, rocket science here. This is what you should do in a in a quote unquote big run lead. You know, six run lead. You should be able to rely on the guys, the the non high leverage guys, to be able to just do their jobs. Yeah, it's
4: pretty simple. The Dodgers need to whoever you're going to throw out there in that game has to get the job done. You had a six run lead. You needed nine outs. It's, that's unacceptable, and it's going to happen. You know, sometimes. Uh, but also also factor in this. Dave Roberts didn't use Blake Trinan, didn't use Kenley Jansen. Uh, he could have if it was a playoff game, and he would have. Uh, but that would have been the third time Trinan's pitched in four days, and that would, I believe, that would have been back-to-back days for Kenley. Uh, so the Dodgers didn't throw their best guys out there, uh, especially with Gratterall still not being warmed up. So take it with a grain of salt. You, you got to take that that whole series with a grain of salt. Give credit to the Padres but also realize the Dodgers are nowhere near playing to their full potential against that Padres team.
1: Well, what's also interesting is, I'll, I'll go to Jimmy Nelson in a second, but like he did not actually pitch that bad when it was 7-5 to five when he came out. Unfortunately for the Dodgers, the shift seems to be hurting them more than helping lately. And Nelson, as the nerds would say it, is getting bapid to death because he actually has a 148 expected batting average. He's holding everyone in the park. He has a 251 expected slugging and his ERA is in the low fours now, but he should have an actual expected ERA of 258. And the movement on his pitches is there. He's getting the whiffs. So unfortunately, Nelson might be just the unluckiest relief pitcher in Major League Baseball right now. That's a pretty
2: strong statement, and I would agree with that. I mean, based on those numbers, that is really unlucky, and it's unfortunate. I, I You know what I found, you know, not, not looking at any of those numbers, but just hearing that, it just – it doesn't make any sense when you have a shift on a guy like yeah. Trent Grisham, and I know this happened a lot with him. Why are you pitching him outside? I yeah. mean, he was just slapping the ball to left field every single time, and there was nobody there.
1: Today's episode is brought to you by InTheClutch.com. In, the In the Apparel has all kinds of awesome sports merchandise. Whether you're a Dodgers fan, a Lakers fan, a soccer fan, they rep your city, Los Angeles, Bay Area. Today, I'm repping a Mookie Betts shirt. They also hooked me up with the Trevor Bauer shirt. Can't wait to wear that one. David has two Dustin May shirts because he's such a big fan. And Jake Reiner, he's repping the Justin Turner t-shirt. So check out InTheClutch.com, and they're going to hook you up with a promo code, 20% off your order. Just use the code Dodgers all caps.
4: Yeah, you know what else is weird? They do that, but they shift to the other way. It's like they pitch away from the shift sometimes. Uh, and, I, you know, I was reading this fan graphs article on how the Padres are one of the only teams who are shifting. I forget exactly what it was, but they're, they're the only team who's shifting a certain way. And I noticed it in the, uh, in the series and it works. Uh, so I give credit to the Padres analytics staff, whoever's, you know, deciding how they shift. Cause it, it absolutely worked in that series. And it, it felt like the Dodgers shift was, was harmful in that series. And, you know, the umpiring was also atrocious. But like I said, everything that went wrong for the Dodgers basically went wrong. And that's that the chances are of that happening again are, are very slim.
2: The weird thing is, is that there isn't even playing field with the bad umpiring because it's across Major League Baseball. Yeah. Everyone's kind of on on the same level there. Yeah. yeah. But you look at the, you know, the umpire scorecards after
4: the game on, on the umpire auditor on Twitter and it's, you know, ex- Angel Hernandez last night being the lone exception, the Dodgers are on the short end of the stick. What so, does
1: that tell you? <laughs> yeah. And there's a, something also important to bring up from that series. And one of our most loyal listeners out there, Ryan at catch the blues brings up a really good question. Did the Padres expose an inability of the Dodgers to hold runners? Because yeah. they were yes. killing us on the base pass. <laughs> what they have 18 or 19 steals.
4: Yeah. Some absurd. Number. And then
1: I wrote it down. I think the Dodgers have successfully thrown out five of the 36 stolen base attempts against them this season. And it's both on Smith and Barnes right now. They're both just not getting it done.
4: Well, it's also on these pitchers, man. I mean, these guys, even the left-handers aren't holding runners on. If you're a left-handed pitcher, there should be no one stealing off of you. You know, obviously there's going to be some exceptions, you know, Billy Hamilton type speed or or elite base stealers. But if you're a left-handed pitcher, there's no way these guys should be stealing off you. And Kenley Jansen, I mean, We've seen this for, for five, six years now. It's, it's basically an automatic. I don't know why anyone wouldn't steal off him, but I mean, it, it starts with the pitchers. Cause you look at Smith, you look at Barnes, some of these throws are legit and on time, uh, but the runner is just already there by the time You know, there's nothing he can do. Uh, so it, it's on both, but these pitchers need to get it, get it hammered out.
2: I would agree. I think I've seen a lot of uh, of strong throws from Barnes and Smith that have no shot of getting there ahead of the runner because the, the pitchers are not thrown over there. They're not holding them. They're not, you know, really paying attention to them. And like David was saying, these are not, you know, this is not, you know, a team of Ricky Henderson's. These are good, these are good base stealers. There's good base runners. Um, but, you know, guys like Manny Machado should not be running roughshod all over your pitching staff and, and, and catcher duo.
1: It's really annoying to see Manny Machado out there stealing bases. because
4: Yeah. Who does he think he is, man? He gets up. This is the only series he'll get up for this month. You know, you you won't see him try that hard for the rest of the month. Uh, You know, and the Padres, of course, they lost to the Diamondbacks. They're, you know, the World Series hangover, if you will. So, look, they're annoying. They're an annoying team. Trent Grisham is annoying. Manny Machado, I mean, he's a beast. You got to respect him. Still annoying. Uh, And the fact that they hid Chris Paddock. I just want to see Chris Paddock start against the Dodgers. That's all I want.
2: Yeah, they're not going to give you that satisfaction, David. It's ridiculous, man.
4: But he better, he better go start with against the Dodgers before he winds up at the uh, El Paso Chihuahuas site.
2: <laughs> I will, I will say this though, which um, t- to go back to the, you know, Fernando Tatis Jr., Manny Machado. kind of hurting the Dodgers. I did like the way that Bauer pitched Machado because Bauer knows that Machado crushes his fastball. So he just threw him nothing but breaking stuff. And Machado really couldn't do much with it. And the only only time he really got hits was off the fastball. And then the other point I wanted to make, which is I, I thought that Bauer said it pretty eloquently after the game about the trash talking and I think it's great to hear it from a pitcher it's one thing to hear it from the the position players of like let's just you know let the kids play but it's another thing to hear it from a pitcher to where he's actually encouraging guys to celebrate hitting home runs off of you and similarly He's saying when a big moment happens for a pitcher, a big strikeout, a big out in a big situation, that the pitcher should be able to celebrate however he wants to do. And I really love that sentiment because that is what is going to grow this game ultimately is is that if we, you know, kind of get the curmudgeons out of the way and sort of this, you know, old guard that, that wants to hold on to the way things were. Then, then we can grow this game and, 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 and kids can, can get more interested in it because it won't be these like unwritten rules that you can't do or you risk getting hit in the back the next time up at the plate. Yep.
1: Trent Grisham has one of the most punchable faces in baseball and I just wanted to throw that out there.
2: Yeah, but at least you don't have to wake up every morning and look in the mirror and see that
1: face. <laughs> it feels so long ago because it was the first game of the series now uh, in Dodger Stadium, but when he spat towards the Dodgers dugout, Oh, yeah. you Those hated classes. you
2: hated that, Kevin. You hated that. That was,
1: that was just despicable. He's pretty classless, yeah. honestly. Unfortunately, the Dodgers couldn't ring, couldn't throw anything at him, or else Manfred <laughs> would suspend our guys eight games. But you know they wanted to do something because screw that guy. Can we
2: talk about something else? um With the Jesus, just lost my train of thought. um Oh yeah, can we talk about the fact that? Like, and I know David has, has talked about this at length, but like, why aren't the Dodgers, either the players or Dave Roberts getting upset with this umpiring? I mean, oh, there don't been get some me
4: started, man.
2: Key spots where guys have have looked at strike three and it clearly was outside the zone and nothing. I mean, you'll get you get a few glares, maybe a few words here and there, but no one's getting thrown out.
4: Yeah, um, you know, I talked about it at length in our last episode, but Dave Roberts is too nice. I love the guy. He's a he's a good manager. He is. He makes some asinine mistakes every now and then. Sometimes he can't manage the pitchers, uh, but they, they love him. He's, a, he's the perfect guy for the job. That being said, he needs to get his ass out there, get in somebody's face, and light a fire underneath their asses. This is ridiculous. Justin Turner's getting hosed. Almost every game. Will Smith, Max Muncy, Mookie Betts, name it. He needs to what's the point of having Bob Guerin? What is the point? He's fully capable of managing the rest of the game. When you see that you saw it last night in the ninth inning, Justin Turner got absolutely railed on a pitch in the ninth inning, bent over and railed by Angel Hernandez on a, on a pitch six inches above the strike zone at a minimum. Turner had to get in his face. Dave Roberts didn't even get out of the dugout you got to protect your players. you got to be the one to do that. You get thrown out, not your players.
1: Well, it's only April.
4: Yeah, but, I mean, th- these guys are hitting 100 collectively right now. Maybe that'll fire some up. Maybe that'll fire them up. I've seen that time and time again. You know, even Don Mattingly used to do it. And credit to Don Mattingly, one of the worst managers we've seen in, as a Dodger. But at least he got out there and, and got in the Empire's face. I've seen it countless yeah. times this past week. Aaron Boone did it uh the the reds manager just did, uh, bell did it a couple days ago uh it's you know come on guys
1: just uh what are we doing on mattingly since you brought his name up the dude was so dumb he was probably arguing the actual stri- the actual calls that were correctly strikes and thought they were balls or whatever yeah
4: i mean he was an idiot but at least he, he, he got out there
1: manager of the year he is with the marlins yeah so the runners in scoring position continues to tick me off. On the season, they're batting 238 with runners in scoring position. Their last 15 games, they're batting 200 And against the Reds and the Padres, they hit 213 with runners in scoring position. Now, Justin Turner getting it done, batting 333 Corey Seager getting it done, batting 348. Max Muncy has a 528 on on-base percentage. The average isn't there, but he's getting on-base, which... We've seen a lot in these last few games, runners on, he just takes the walk. But Mookie Betts is really struggling, hitting 158 and Will Smith's batting 105. Those are two guys that come up a lot with the runners on base. So I think they're going to turn it around. But I think just that right there is part of the reason the Dodgers dropped a few games recently.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think that it is it is really tough for for this Dodgers team because they're they're built on getting guys on base, which they are doing. I mean, Max Muncie is a walking machine, and he's on base all the time. The yeah. Dodgers are are getting traffic out there, but they're not bringing him home. Like like Kevin mentioned, they're, they're not hitting with runners in scoring position. Um, They they have a a collective 655 OPS with runners in scoring position. It is just bad. Uh, um, And, you know, I I think, I mean, Justin Turner is carrying this team. He really is. I mean, he, he has come through in so many different spots. He hit his sixth home run of the season today. He's hitting 337 with an over a thousand OPS and 20 RBIs. And, and, but like I mentioned, the offense is starting to wake up a little bit. They have scored at least 5 runs uh 4 times in their last 5 games. And I will and and today was the first time that they scored a run after the 7th inning. They scored 6 runs in the 8th. So the last time April 17th was against the Padres in Petco Park, they haven't scored a run after the 7th inning and that's killed them in these late inning games where they need to push a run across just even to win.
1: That's a good stat you brought up. I want to talk about Edwin Rios. Oh. Dude is just the worst right now. I think he's won for his last 31 on the season. He's batting 093. He's the new Luis Cruz. Four I'm for sorry.
2: 43 this season. He's four for 43.
1: He is an automatic strikeout almost at this point, And I expect his days to be numbered He'll come back for sure, but he's got to go to the alternate site and work this problem out. Kyber Ruiz is traveling with the team. I don't need to see him start. He's a better pinch hit option right now in Milwaukee. Just do it.
4: You know, they're doing him a disservice by keeping him on the roster right now. Uh, It's bad. And I haven't even seen him make contact in a while. And it's, it's clearly like he needs a reset. And the fact that they're still trotting his ass out there is is, I'm pretty sure is protected against the Eighth Amendment of the Constitution. I mean, it's just punishment at this point. So you gotta you gotta you gotta send him down, let him get some hacks against some minor league pitching, reset just a, just hit a nice reset button on the year uh, because they're gonna need him down the line, and he's still talented, but they can't they can't keep him up there. You gotta get someone else up there.
2: No, and 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 to that point, like the Dodgers are not they are not their pinch hitters have been terrible this year, but uh Matt Beatty is, has, has gotten some really good at bats lately. I got
1: some stats on him too, to give Yeah. Him you, credit. yeah,
2: definitely talk about him in a second, but just, just briefly, I mean, Sheldon noisy, that was the other thing yeah, yeah. was when, Oh Robert, God. Robert pinch said, hit, yeah. <laughs> when Robert said, and Edwin Rios out there to pinch it for Sheldon noisy, who by the way, had a home run in that game and had a home run off the pitcher that was in the game All currently. Right. And a he gone, decided to go with the lefty Rios, and uh, you know, I think it was a strikeout. Um, like that, to me, was was should should be a uh, you know, someone should get arrested for that. That was terrible. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Credit to Matt Beatty. You know, it's like a roller coaster with him. You know, ups and downs, at least for me. But it's hard to stay in a rhythm when you're basically a pinch hit option most of your career. On the season, I was surprised to see Matt Beatty has a 478 on base percentage. He's getting on a lot. Obviously, he's three for his last six with four RBIs. So after the Damn. Dodgers set him down, called him back up, he's getting the job done. And Roberts, after today's game, said they're going to try to get him a start against the Brewers. So, you know, credit to Beatty. When McKinstry went down, that was clearly a big blow to the bench unit, although he became a starter, basically. At least mm-hmm. Beatty now is filling the shoes because it was getting really heinous with all these automatic outs coming off the bench, whether it was... Peters, Rayleigh, noisy for a second, but then he heated up, and Rios, obviously.
4: Yeah, okay. they need, we need Cody Bellinger back. Uh, <laughs> we 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 do like you know. I don't want to rush him back. We're not the Padres, uh, but that you know that seven eight spot in the lineup lately has been pretty brutal all around.
1: So, LC SW Dodger on Twitter. I believe that's also Bruins. Bruin Trojan, however you say it. Sorry. Do you see Andrew Friedman making any trades early this year to address the recent struggles, or are they just kind of going to do a wait and see to see if any of the guys coming off the aisle soon can make contributions?
4: Yeah, I mean, they're they're not thinking about a trade right now. Uh, it's it's way too early, but, yeah. you know, we'll, we'll, we can talk about that, you know, in a month or two months, but yeah. they got plenty of guys, you know, healing w- up. But I, I think a lot of that depends on the long-term outlook for Corey Kniebel. Uh Because if he's out for a while, then yes, I, I do think yeah, they'll make a, yeah, a significant move.
1: And I guess I cursed him, or I guess I cursed this whole situation because I was so high on canable I thought he was our best reliever. And then last week I said, I don't see a way Joe Kelly makes this roster. Well, we got an injury update on Joe Kelly just the other day, and they expect to activate him during this road trip. So Canable goes down, and it looks like Kelly's coming in.
2: Thanks, Kevin. (laughs) Um, I just think, like, I was going to say, you know, mention Canable because I feel like the only way the Dodgers would make some sort of emergency trade at this point is if you lost someone for the season. And I think even with even with Canable potentially out for the rest of the year, I think you've got to see what what Kelly has. You got to see what happens with Bruce Stark Gratterall to see if he can turn things around. You know that Victor Gonzalez is is, is going to turn things around. He's going to be solid. Blake Trinan is already solid. Kenley's been pretty decent so far. Um, and I just think it's it's way too early to panic, especially when the Dodgers are in first place. You know, I mean, it's not like they're struggling or, you know, they're in third or fourth or, or whatever. Like, they, they're in first place. So if they're in first place with this squad playing this type of baseball, there's no reason to panic.
4: I completely agree. And I'm actually looking forward to Joe Kelly coming back because of, of two things. He's had a long time to recover from, from whatever injury this is. And second, secondly, he's in a contract year. Uh, last time he was in a contract year, he, he turned on some switch in his head and his arm and basically dominated the Dodgers in the World Series and in the playoffs, you know, other teams in the playoffs before that. So I'm looking forward to, to see what Joe Kelly can do. Uh, last year, he didn't really know where the ball was going when he threw it. Uh, as evidenced in that whole Correa mix-up and many many appearances after that, but um, you know if he can, I don't know, maybe know where the ball's going, he can be nasty. I mean, his stuff is ridiculous. Uh, the yeah, curveball is great. The the fastball two-seamer is great. If he if he can get the control down, he's a lockdown reliever.
1: One of the only pitchers I've ever seen who doesn't have command of the four-seam fastball and has to rely on his curveball instead.
4: Yeah. yeah yep. Yep. <laughs>
1: All right, David, I know you got some NFL stuff to do. Yeah. Great draft guy. If you want to promote it before you peace out, go ahead.
4: Oh, no, you're good. I, I'll, I'm going to leave this the rest of the episode in, in good hands. But uh, thanks yeah, for okay. tuning in, my guys.
1: Yeah, we Could still got a David. few segments to cover real quick. This one is perfect for Jake. Zimzi on Twitter asks, How happy is Kelly Jansen now that he's clearly going to be the runaway closer?
2: Yeah. Zimsy always coming in, coming in hot, coming, always coming for me. I think, um, (laughs) no, look, I I think they found the the winning formula with Jansen. We've talked about it time and time again, you got to give him the rest. And when you give him the rest, you know, you, you have a better chance of getting the dominant Jansen. But what is very frustrating is how, two-faced he is you know you you kind of don't know what you're gonna get even with the rest that uh when he came in the other day he was a little, he was he, he was struggling so the it's game. not guaranteed it's not you know it's not bulletproof um so but you know when you know you're gonna get a better chance of success if you give him those days off and you say you know what kenley big guy go on that go out there and empty the tank you're not gonna pitch for the next two days
1: yeah, the tied game, he gave up the go-ahead two-run home run to Jesse Winker. Oh, yes, that was, that was yeah. That just kind of was more salt in the wound because the Dodgers lost their another consecutive game. Jansen, another victim of just being unlucky at times. He has a 155 expected batting average, but as you mentioned a lot of times now, the knock on him is he can't pitch back to back night, so he's, he's more like a starter in a reliever now, I guess you could say. Yeah, he...
2: Yeah. He can't pitch back-to-back nights, which is unfortunate because it would be helpful with this bullpen that we have that is overworked and injured. Um, it would, it would be helpful, but I think Dave Roberts understands that Trinan is going to have to be the guy some nights and he has been great. And he, he pitched into a little bit of trouble today against the Reds, but yep. was able to get a huge like strikeout out on like every game. Yeah. I <laughs> know he, he was able to get a huge strikeout on the reds hottest hitter and Jesse Winker. And then he set down Nick Castellanos with a nasty sinker. So he, you know, he, he made it a little interesting there. And then the Dodgers eventually broke, you know, broke it out, but yeah, he's going to have to be the guy uh, because we, we can't put Kenley out there two nights in a row.
1: Yeah. I love Blake Trent. And so stay tuned for that. It's a little, yes. Hit. I want to talk about how great Clayton Kershaw has been because I don't think he gets enough res- or enough talk on air of just how great Kershaw has been in the year 2021. Yes. He is now four and two. He has a two Oh nine ERA. I did the stats. If you take out that opening day, start in cores right now on the season, he has a one Oh nine ERA. Mm. Yeah. And today against the reds, he was also filthy. What seven shutout innings, eight strikeouts. He had 22 swings and misses on the breaking balls, which is the third time he's done that in his career for the most times in a game for him. The last time he did that was against the Brewers last season in the Wild Card game. So, yeah. to everyone that's saying Clayton Kershaw is going to hang it up soon, I don't see it. He has got a few years left in the tank. Yeah,
2: he he looks really really good, and even though the Reds aren't. A powerhouse. Their lineup is not, a, you know, a cakewalk. They they have some really dangerous hitters in that lineup and can can really hurt you as we've seen over the last couple of games. But Kershaw is is the man, and the Dodgers' starting pitching has been great overall, sure. And we we've talked about how they have a few aces on this staff, and you could pick any one of them, and it would be the ace on anybody else's staff. But JT was was interviewed after the game today and he referred to kershaw as the stopper and i thought that was an interesting way to say it because it's true the dodgers are on a three-game skid the first time they've lost three in a row since 2019 which is insane if you think about it and he called him the stopper and it made me think you know what yeah that is that is exactly. I mean, when when you need, I mean, it doesn't always happen in the postseason. Um, you know, he's a little less reliable in the postseason as we've seen. But during the regular season, if you need to stop a losing streak, you turn to Clayton Kershaw. You know, and I think the players know that. They feel that. They they understand going into this game that that Kershaw is is the guy still and you you want to play up to his standard because he's he's so everything he does is routine oriented everything he does is methodical he works his ass off every single game and i think the other players around him know that like hey you know this guy is going to put an end to this winning streak and we need to help him out
1: yeah i mean 2013 and 2014 when the dodgers lost the game and you knew it was kershaw day you almost crossed it off as a win assuming the Dodgers could score runs for him. And he's here we are eight years later. And he's still that guy still that guy just just the window of that peak, how good he's been for so long now. It's just remarkable. Like you have to just kind of look at the stats over the course of his career. Very few guys have ever done what he's doing. So it's just a privilege to watch Kershaw on an annual basis. Yeah. And I'm so tired of
2: people. Comparing young phenoms to the next Clayton Kershaw, <laughs> it, it is a it is a golden standard and in some ways a unattainable standard to reach uh, to 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 be as good as he's been for as long as he's done it and has been pretty healthy throughout. I mean, no major like surgeries on his arm or anything like that. No Tommy John. He's been really healthy. The only thing he's really dealt with his back, you know, that, that has acted up. And that's only because I think he's just getting older, but he's been completely healthy this year so far, knock on wood. And he's just showing everyone that, that he can adapt and he can, he can still dominate in, in other ways.
1: Absolutely. And it's it's the rotation as we've been we've been saying it every week. It's really what's keeping this team afloat right now as the bullpen and hitting figure it out. Um another interesting thing that or do you want to just talk brewers real quick? Sure. So we got a four-game series in Milwaukee. The pitching matchups have come out. Game one. It's gonna be Eric Lauer, if you remember that guy. The lefty now is wearing a Brewers jersey, and he will take on. Trevor Bauer, of course. Friday is a bullpen game. I don't know. I don't I don't know how I feel about that. It seems a little early for that. Yeah. They'll be, they'll be taking on Freddy Peralta. He's a good strikeout right-hander. Uh, then game three will be Dustin May against Brandon Woodruff. Woodruff has a 155 ERA on the season. He's been phenomenal. And then the finale will be Julio Urias against Corbin Burns. If. My Cy Young pick, he has a 153 ERA, and he has 49 strikeouts so far, which is actually second behind DeGrom, which is just a whole nother incredible thing how good yeah. he's been. But I think this is going to be a good series to test the Dodgers because these are some very tough pitching matchups, and it's stupid how Lauer could be the toughest of them all because in his past career, he's 5-0 and with like a 2 two eleven ERA. We have not been able to beat this guy once. Anytime there's a random ass lefty, it, it
2: always whether it's Eric Lauer or the Ryan Weathers kid, it doesn't matter. I mean, they, they could probably, you know, call up Chris Capuano off the street and put a Jersey on him and he would come in and, and dominate the Dodgers. It's, it's a weird thing that's happened with this franchise where they, they simply cannot figure out left-handed starting pitching. But let me tell you something. If you think that the Dodgers offense has been bad, the Milwaukee Brewers offense has been really bad. And the thing that the, that the, that the Brewers have been able to do is carry this team with its starting pitching because the bullpen hasn't been that great either. I mean, aside from Hayter, I mean, Devin Williams has not been great. And the, the way they rank um, like in Major League Baseball with their, uh, their first of all, they're seventh in staff ERA, which is great with a 3.46 ERA and and a 1.15 whip. But that's all due to the starting pitching because they they are 22nd in bullpen ERA at 4.22 and 20th in whip at 1.37. That's a right there. Their starting staff is second in Major League Baseball in ERA at 2.54 and second in whip at 0.96 and opponents are hitting 189 against their starters. Now the Dodgers are right up there too, with their starting pitching uh, their number one in whip and their number three in ERA. So that's what this, that's what this, uh, you know, this Milwaukee Brewers team is they are, their starting pitching. And so, which is crazy to think it, you know, uh, for game plan wise to try to get into their bullpen because typically their bullpen is their bread and butter. But they've been without Christian Yelich for some time. He's been dealing with a back injury. That's really hurt their offense. Jackie Bradley Jr.'s not hitting. Lorenzo Kane's not hitting. But a couple of guys I wanted to highlight real quick. Omar Narvaez, their catcher, has been hitting pretty well. He has an OPS over 1,000. Then you've got this young guy, this left fielder, Tyrone Taylor, who's filled in for Christian Yelich. And he's only played 12 games, but he's already hitting 391, 481 on base percentage, 739 slug in over a thousand OPS with two home runs, seven RBIs. this is his third year in the league but he hasn't played a full season yet and he's from Torrance California so there's something um, also a guy that's been uh, hitting well for them is Colton Wong. he uh, signed a free agent deal with them in the offseason. he's only played in 13 games though uh, but he's hitting 325 two home runs and four RBIs 988 OPS so those are some of the guys that have been that have been hitting consistently for them but but overall, Their, their offense is not great. They're hitting, uh, they have a team OPS of 672, which is 25th in major league baseball. They're 12th in homers with 29 and they are averaging four runs per game. So they're, they're pitching, they're starting pitching is, is the best part about this Milwaukee Brewers team right now.
1: Wow. Yeah, I had no idea their offense was slumping that hard. Obviously losing Christian Yelich is a big bat in the lineup. I, I like watching him play against the Dodgers. I think he's one of the best players in the game, and he's exciting to watch. So I'd like to see him come out there maybe towards the end of that series, but I still want us to at least split with this team. You know, you mentioned how bad the offense is, but the pitching and defense is still there, so it's not going to be easy. And I'm sure they want revenge after we whooped them in the wild card series last year. And we beat them in 2018 in an epic seven game series. So I'm sure that's still fresh on the Brewers minds, but yeah, just if you have a chance to watch Woodruff and Burns pitch this weekend, you'll, you'll want to do it because these are two of the best young arms in the game. And it's definitely an exciting thing going on in Milwaukee. The good news is, is
2: that they are right-handed, which is just already an advantage for the Dodgers. I'm glad that neither
1: of them are left-handers. That's a good point. And then after the Brewers, they go to Chicago to Wrigley Field. And unfortunately, the question is, will we see Jock Peterson? He is currently on the injured list. He is suffering a wrist injury. And I have the stats somewhere in front of me about just how bad Jock Peterson's been this season. Unfortunately, um, he has one home run. Oh, here it is. Yeah, he's batting 137 on the season, four RBIs and a 498 OPS. Yeah, that's bad. And you compare
2: that to a similar stretch in spring training where he had eight home <laughs> runs, and it, it doesn't make very much sense to – I mean, yes, he is not facing the most, you know, dominating pitching in spring training. He's facing a lot of guys that are they're trying to make names for themselves, trying to make the club, and they're not very good. But to have that much of a drop-off from spring to the regular season is – is weird. Um, It makes you wonder if he started developing some sort of, you know, injury before that or whatever the case may be, but yeah, it's, it'll be disappointing not to see Jock Peterson.
1: Yeah. That's very bizarre with him. Okay. The other big thing that dropped, I believe just yesterday and it had me shook farmer. John is no longer affiliated with the Dodger dog. Now I didn't read too much into it, but it seems pretty explanatory. They just broke off their partnership and they're going their separate ways. So now the Dodger dog is currently a free agent and could partner with another brand. I'm not here to speculate any of that part, but Jake, I want to know what are your thoughts on no longer getting to say it's the farmer, John Dodger dog, and just the nostalgia of those Vince Scully commercials. And anytime you'd hear his voice say farmer, John.
2: Yeah. That, that is something that I'll always remember is, is Vin Scully doing the Farmer John ad read uh, either in a commercial or uh, during a game. It's, it's synonymous with Dodger dog. And I'm, and I'm, um, I'm happy that they're going to keep the Dodger dog name. Uh, they didn't have to give that up. I wonder what happened though. There's, there were no like details as to why they couldn't renew their contract, but, yeah, it's 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 an end of an era, just like it was at the end of an era with, you know, Vin Scully leaving the booth, you know, Nancy B leaving the uh, the the organ there, the rolling organ at, at Dodger Stadium, sort of like Farmer John for for us, for you and I growing up as Dodgers fans. That was something that we relished in, no pun intended, but um, I, I just feel like with with younger Dodger fans today it's not going to resonate as much but for the kind of younger to older Dodger fans this is this is something that that you'll always remember as as the as the Dodger dog
1: all excellent points that you just brought up it seems like all we have left now to really reflect on our childhood youth obviously the stadium and second of all Dodger Stadium the name itself if they were to just change that to like Prudential Arena or McDonald's Field That'd be very disappointing.
2: It would be, and <laughs> hey, at least we're not the Giants, right? I mean, they oh, went yeah. through like Pac Bell, AT and you know, Boosts or
1: you know, Sprint or you know, Cricket Wireless. They went through all of them. Yeah, now um, they're now they're Oracle, Oracle Park. And they're yeah. not even in the they're not even in the phone phone industry or telecommunications now they're they yeah (laughs) i mean why couldn't they name
2: it like mccovey park i know there's mccovey cove or like you know willie mays field like i i you know yes there are ballparks old ballparks that are um rooted in that history like wrigley field is you know is 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 one of those older ballparks that is just steeped in history and um but Honestly like I I don't know. I, I don't love the, you know, the the new branding of of ballparks. It just it just feels like it's I don't know, kind of cheap. I I am I am super happy that that it's always going to be Dodger Stadium, I hope.
1: Yeah. And I don't know if I accidentally called the Brewers Field Miller Park, hopefully I didn't, but it's no longer called that. They changed it. What is it, it called? In. Uh it's some insurance thing. <laughs> like family american family feel or something oh yeah something cheesy. cool ballpark though have you ever been there no i've never been to milwaukee i would it's like really to really cool it's a really cool park i liked it nice all right well i think i've pretty much covered everything that i wanted to talk about this week i don't know jake is there anything else in Dodgerland or mlb that we forgot to cover
2: I want to point out something because I am the only one of the three of us that keeps tabs on AJ Pollock. Um, oh, right. and, and when he does well, over his last seven games, I mean, don't look now, but over his last seven games, he is hitting 318, seven for 22, 375 on base percentage, 500 slugging. He has a home run, two RBIs, and two stolen bases. Today, he was two for three with an RBI and a stolen base and a run scored today. And I think we even mentioned like, why do pitchers even throw him a fastball? But I mean, Hey, that's a guy and he, and he has like a, I think he has like a five game hitting streak now. Um, That is all good stuff. I think when you, when you get that guy going, especially with the injury to Bellinger, we need all the offense we can get. And he's a guy that, that can carry the load when he gets hot and uh, he really slumps when he slumps. Um, so it's good to see him, him coming back from that. And then the one other point I wanted to make, which is, is I just don't, what I don't like is the, first of all, the, the knee jerk reaction from Dodgers fans to immediately blame Dave Roberts for a loss. You know, I know the three of us have been critical of Dave Roberts. I've been really critical of him, especially with his, you know, bullpen management. And sometimes when he, you know, doesn't use a pinch hitter or uses the wrong pinch hitter and the double switch kind of confuses him a little bit. But what really irks me are those Dodgers fans that, that come out and, you know, attack him for, for losing a game when if you were to look over the last few games, the Dodgers have just not been playing well. And it's, it's tough when you, you have to put guys in there like Rayleigh and DJ Peters and these guys that aren't ready. We don't have the minor leagues going, so they can't really get yeah. into that, you know, rhythm. They're at the alternate site. You don't really know what kind of uh you know, work they're getting in there. And I just, you just have to put things in into context. And this team is. It has not been playing all that well, defensively, offensively, the bullpen has struggled. They've got injuries. So I would implore Dodgers fans, if they could, to just sit and think before they go out there and, and criticize Dave
1: Roberts and put the entire, the entirety of the blame on him. Yeah. You mentioned minor leagues, and that's something that just keeps crossing my mind is not having the minor league season last year, just kind of setting everything backwards. Really hurting guys like Luke Rayley, DJ Peters. Um, and then since David's not here, I can bring it up. Gavin Lux has not been doing too well either. He's batting 189 with a 488 OPS. He's two for his last 22. So he had that big RBI hit, but, but that's it pretty much. Yeah, so it's, it's unfortunate that, you know, the Dodgers have so much depth and we don't really get to see it as full to its full potential because they did not have the minors last season. I know the alternate side, we heard some guys looks great, but I just kind of have a hard time believing that the same intensity is there versus actual competition. You know, Josiah Gray is going to be a great talent, but I think that's also kind of what set him back as well. You know, he probably should be on the major league team right now. There's obviously depth, that's one. But two, you know, he didn't look as sharp as he could have this spring.
2: Yeah, that's true yeah I just think I just think you gotta you gotta put everything in, in in context with this team. You know they're still at the top of the National League West even while they're not playing well, and they have had to really battle and grind to try and win win baseball games and they you know they, they've come up short recently. I'm really happy about this win over the over the Reds because it was a couple of things it's a lot bigger than people think. It's not just one game against a, you know, a, a mediocre team. It is a win on getaway day. So that's a happy flight. It was a commanding win offensive wise. They scored eight runs and it was a dominating pitching performance by Clayton Kershaw. All of those three things combined can give a team a, a boost. And with the offense starting to put things together, you know, this pitching staff is talented. Once those two things come together, they're they're going to be a force to reckon. They're going to be a force to be to be reckoned with, and unfortunately, they're not. You know, flying to Pittsburgh to face the Pirates, or they're not flying to Detroit to face the Tigers. They're flying to Milwaukee to face the you know first team in the National League Central, and that's going to be a tough test for a team trying to rebound and get right. But if they can win three out of four or at least split, that's a victory for me.
1: Yeah, I agree. I got my Mookie Betts shirt on right here. I'll post it in the description and on our social media, but I want to give a big thank you to InTheClutch.com. In the clutch Apparel has been hooking us up with some sweet gear. We'll be wearing their stuff throughout the few month, next few months now. You can actually get 20% off now your purchase. Use the promo code Dodgers. So Write that down. Those shirts
2: shirts are awesome. I got a a Justin Turner one and a Cody Bellinger one. They're really, really cool. And uh, yeah, they've got Trevor Bauer, Mookie Betts. uh, Dustin May is also uh, on a t-shirt that David uh, got for himself. So yeah, go check it out. All right, Jake, any final thoughts? I'm glad the Dodgers are doing this now and not in September. Uh, that's, that's what I have to say that, you know, I, I think, I think the last few games were, were tough pills to swallow. They were, it was brutal baseball to watch, but again, the Dodgers are reigning 2020 world series champions. They're still in first place. So let's just, you know,
1: ride that out. And I think the Dodgers will, will figure it out eventually. Yeah. It's only April, as I said, to kick off the show, they're already ahead of pace in my book. So I'll take it 16 wins and counting. There's still some games left in April. We talked about the last seven games. There were some highs and lows, but overall, I'm very happy with this Dodgers team because to me, the most important thing is the pitching. As long as the starting pitching especially is there, then I'll feel good. The runs will come. It's only about, it's only a matter of time. Justin Turner leading the team with six home runs. That's probably the biggest surprise to me right now. Who would have thought? And his defense
2: too. It's been really good. good.
1: Yeah. I think the league leader right now is eight home runs. I think it's a tie between Buxton and Reese Hoskins. So. Also surprising. <laughs> <Turn it> off, <laughs> and maybe Acuna might, he might have eight as well, but turn yeah. it not far behind. Yeah, that's going to do it this week. So make sure to subscribe to us, follow us on Twitter at the incline pod. You can find us on Instagram or Facebook, the incline doggers. Read and review us. If you had a good time, we're going to have a lot more episodes to come. It's still very early in the season and We'll be back on locker room soon. So stay tuned for all that.
3: All right, everyone have a great time. Have a great weekend. We're out. And, of course,
1: thank you all for listening to another episode of The Incline, the Dodgers taking on the Padres for what should be an exciting four-game series. And, of course, we'll recap that all next week as well and preview whatever's coming up on the Dodgers slate. So make sure to subscribe to us if you're not already and follow us on social media. You can find that in the description below. But hope you guys all have some fun baseball ahead and have a great week. We're out.